Welcome to Take Your DM Shot with Tristan Ham, Jonathan Crest, and Steve Sherfan. This is a podcast dedicated to exploring the mechanics of RPGs and then running a couple of one-shots just to figure out how the hell do you play this game. Welcome to Take Your DM Shot. Here we are at Take Your DM Shot. We are doing the next section of rules with Cyberpunk. Steve is leading us through that. Um, what do you got for us? I've got the next episode. Ooh. So, <laughs> we left off with, uh, you know, getting into the action, you know, with yeah. ranged combat. Uh, so, the this game, I just said kind of as a quick recap, the difficulty in ranged combat actually comes in the distance between you and your target. Mm-hmm. That right. determines the difficulty value, and then kind of like every other, or a lot of the other games, you're just rolling your... Uh, Weapons, attack stat, your uh, skill for it against um, the difficulty value. And then you're rolling damage if you hit. Nice. But what I didn't cover is melee. Nice. And specifically what is important about melee in this game is um, range combat. You're basically going up against armor. And if you happen to puncture through that armor, you're doing damage. Or And then if you don't do damage, you are ticking away at that armor value. What's special about melee is you ignore half. Oh, oh nice. Regardless. Oh, that's a that's a that's actually a vampire mechanic as well, eh? Really? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. It's a new it's a 5e thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And yeah, uh, so yeah. there are well, unless you guys have any other No, that's a, it's good. It's yeah. an actually incentive in a, like a futuristic gun-based world to actually get yes. up and Get close. Futuristic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we get to it, my character is not that futuristic. <laughs> I mean, th- that's the cool thing about cyberpunk is it's yeah. both. It's the grungy, dirty, old, and for us, I guess, you know, old. It's, it's kind of 1980s, 1990s yeah, theme, so it yeah. seems kind of old to us partially, but then, yeah, it's also got high high tech, so it seems futuristic at the same time. Cool. Right. It's got both cool. those, those uh, dynamics conflicting. Um, yeah, and also uh, melee combat it incentivizes you to get out of cover, right? Covering mm-hmm. in this game yeah. uh, is very um, black and white. Black and white, yeah, yeah. very protective, oh, yeah. right? That's so right. like you're either in cover, you're not. So yeah. um, unless you're using like explosives um, or you're you know really unloading on that uh, piece of cover in front of that person that you're trying to hit, uh, cover is very protective. Right. It's, it's hard to deal with it. So if you're forcing a melee uh, character out of out of cover while you're doing your job. Uh, yeah, specific. So, you've got a melee weapon in your hand, and you're doing you're attacking with it. Um, you're taking your the attacker's dexterity, okay, plus the melee weapon skill of the attacker, of the attacker, and you're rolling a d10, and your verse uh, defender's dex and evasion skill, okay, plus a d10. Um, I think we already covered that. Basically, uh, in a tie, defender always wins. Yeah. Right. It's a roll versus roll kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Not a set. Here's a number you have to beat. Yeah, specifically in melee. Yes. Um, obviously, in range, there is a, a difficulty yeah. value, but this, uh, yeah, melee is roll against roll. Okay, so I've got uh, a melee of uh, six, uh, and it's with my dex. Uh, yes. So, so your thir- dex and plus your your melee weapon skill. Yeah. So right. Yeah. So I've got thirteen. Okay. Um, and I'm rolling against their evasion. Yes. And. Their dexterity as dexterity. well. So it is a dexterity to dexterity um, uh, roll. Like you're not rolling against their um, reflexes, for example, which yeah. is kind of interesting, right? Like you'd think someone reads like oh, yeah. reflexes. It yeah. lets you dodge bullets in this game, but obviously not um, not melee weapons. Cool. Okay. 
And uh, there is bare knuckle brawling. There's actually, I think, uh, mechanics in this game for actual. Uh, oh yeah, martial arts. Like you can. Oh, um, that's cool. There is. Ooh. I think there are rules for like judo, um, karate, uh, taekwondo, uh, and then just basically a little, a few moves that are flavorful that kind of fit in with what you'd imagine for uh, that martial arts. Yeah. Uh, but then you can also make your own like. Um, would you want to kind of do an eat man? Uh, I was the kind of thinking of that eat man. Um, oh yeah, like a Wing Chun. Wing Chun, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Put some Wing Chun into the. Oh. Maybe get a couple extra punches, right? Like have it a rate of fire of two or three. That's uh, it. That might maybe lower the the uh, damage, but you get uh, kind of do that uh, <laughs> multiple quick punches that uh, Donnie Yen does in the. Oh, I'm like gonna be yeah, like a uh, like a, a, a Zangief type thing. Right, you get someone into like a spinning pile drive. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there are um, there are rules for grabbing. Um, ah. it's uh, so to determine whether you out, the outcome of a grab, you both you and your target roll uh, dex plus brawling skill uh, plus a d10. Oh, if you okay. win, you successfully grab. So then you can yeah you can use people as a meat shield. Yeah, <laughs> and you actually uh, if you got someone grabbed, you can manipulate them. I believe as well. Uh, nice. You can throw somebody. There are uh, you can use your action to throw them onto the ground, dealing your body stat directly to their hit points. Whoa. So that ignores armor. That's awesome. And it doesn't ablate it, so it actually doesn't affect their armor either. Yeah. And then there's, there's choking as well. You can actually reduce someone to uh, 1 HP. Uh, if damage dealt by a choke would reduce the target with more than 1 HP to less than 0, they are instead left at 1 HP and unconscious. Okay, cool. So okay. you can kind of choke out... Um, uh, other players and kind of implicitly applied here was if you're doing you know fisticuffs it's your decks as an attacker plus your brawling skill uh plus a d10 versus the defender's decks and evasion kind of like with with yeah. melee but except instead you're using your brawling skill rather than your melee weapon skill so nice. with the whole grabbing thing mm-hmm. can you use someone as a meat shield yes Awesome. As in, is in, you need cover, yeah, and, I need cover. and yeah. you need to grab the nearest gonk beside you and put you in, in between <laughs> the path of those bullets? Yes, you can. Awesome. 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 And they're going to take damage like uh, like normal. and Except they have no choice until they, yeah. they... There is a way to get out of a grab. Mm-hmm. Um, what, like a strength contest of some sort, maybe? I think you do end up... If you beat the defender's check, uh, you damage the defender. Oh, sorry, that's in brawling... Um, if you win so say yeah, you are going to try to do a grab if you win you can choose to either grab hold of the defender or take an object of the defender's holding in oh, your hands okay. so you like and put it into your free hand you can disarm them basically yes if you choose to grab a hold of the defender instead of their stuff both of you are now considered to be in a grapple and take a minus two to all actions as long as you both remain in a grapple nice while grappled, the defender cannot use their move action and is dragged with the attacker whenever the attacker takes their move action. No oh. character in a grapple can make use of a weapon that requires them to use two hands, even if they have more than two arms. Because, yes, you can. Ooh, there is Borg cyberware where you can attach oh, more than yeah. one arm. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, the attacker can't end the grapple at any time without using an action, but the defender or any other character must use this action to roll a successful grab against the attacker to break the grapple. So you basically, as a defender, if you want to, on your turn, break a grapple, you're rolling your um, base, your, your dex and your, uh, your evasion skill against their uh, brawl skill. Right. Okay. And that's basically, uh, that's the quick and dirty of, of uh, combat, or of, uh, yeah, melee combat. 
So what happens when you take damage? I'm not. I can't remember if we covered it, but oh, let's do it. Yeah, just we'll in cover case. it now. Yeah, yeah. So if you're at, um, so if you fight, if if the attacker rolled two or more d6s on their damage dice, you suffer you suffer five damage directly to your HP in addition to a critical injury. Uh, okay, what, what and are you, those? And so a critical injury is you roll two d6 on the critical injuries table, and you and then on the table you figure out what critical injury you have. And if we look at that table, there are things like uh, dismembered arm. So yes, you could roll terribly, and oh, that geez. heavy pistol <laughs> can all of a sudden remove your arm. You look over, and you're just you know a little fountain of blood, and there's no arm there. <laughs> um, yeah. So you, there's dismembered hand, collapsed lung, broken ribs, broken arm, mm. foreign object, uh, which I believe is just implied that it's embedded in you. <laughs> At the end of every turn, when you move further than four meters or yards on foot, you suffer, you resuffer the critical injuries bonus damage directly to your hit points. Ooh, so oh, don't move around too much. No. Well, that's kind of a cool mechanic. I like that yeah. idea. That's neat. And then there's also um, wound states. So not only is there uh, you know critical injuries, as soon as you start taking damage, you enter into a wound state. Your wound state is determined by the amount of hit points you have remaining. You're lightly wounded if you're at less than your full uh, hit point total. So right. immediately, as soon as you take damage, you're, you're lightly wounded. There are no penalties, though, for being lightly wounded. Okay. You're seriously wounded if your current hit points are equal to or less than half of your full hit point total. Mm. In easy mode, we calculate this for you. Da, da, da. When you're seriously wounded, you take a minus two penalty to all checks. So as soon as you Everything. get yeah, so as soon as you get under half health, you're uh, you're hitting penalties. Yeah. Mortally wounded, or when you have less than one hit point. When you're mortally wounded, you take a minus four penalty to all checks and a minus six to your move minimum of one. Plus, you have to start making the all important death saves. Death saves. Yes. <laughs> now, what makes Cyberpunk deadly? Not just the death saves, but as we said, you know, suddenly you've lost an arm. On just you know an odd roll, you've lost an arm or lost your hand. That makes cyberpunk deadly. But when you actually get to death and you're rolling death saves, so you've hit uh, zero HP at the start of your turn, where you are mortally wounded, you must make a death save. Roll a d10. If you roll under your body, you live. So this is a roll under mechanic. Ooh, okay. That's kind of in a roll over game. So it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So death saves are roll under. If you roll under your body, you live and can take your turn as usual. Otherwise, you fail. If you roll a 10, you automatically fail your death oh. save, no matter your body. Oh, Every shit. time you roll a death save, your death save penalty increases, meaning each future, de future death save you roll... It gets harder and harder. ...is made with an additional plus one. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Making it progressively harder to stave off death. <laughs> this death save penalty continues to add up until you are brought back to one HP by stabilization. So you really want a buddy nearby when you go into a fight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or a brother. Or a brother. <laughs> this also resets your base death save penalty, which can be increased by the nearest by the nastiest critical injuries. So yes, you're, if you have a really bad critical injury, it could... Uh, so for example, a spinal injury. Hmm. Next turn, you cannot take an action, but you can take a move action. You can still take your move action, but base death save penalty is increased by one. Yeah. Dismembered legs can do that. Um, collapsed lung can do that. But um, I didn't tell the really important part here. If you fail one death save, you're dead. Holy oh shit. shit, just once. Yeah. I've been rolling like death saves while you've been talking. And, and I've been failing all of them. You've died, <laughs> you've died multiple <laughs> like times. I'm so dead. 
Wow, that's pretty wild. So, you know, maybe in this game you keep a spare character in your back pocket. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) But, I think, yes, every character can stabilize, has the ability to stabilize. So you don't need to be a med tech to, you know, run around the field all the time stabilizing. Um, Where med techs do come in is actually they can... um, install certain cyberware, you know, depending on their ability, but they can also actually heal critical injuries, whereas uh, at best, we can uh, the average other person can just um, stabilize. Now when you say heal a critical injury, can I reattach an arm? Yes. Oh, shit. Ooh, but okay. not a meat arm. Oh, okay. So just a cyber there, there are, okay. uh, so there are, um, if you've lost a limb in this game, yeah. uh, and we'll talk about cyberpsychosis at a later episode, and cyberware, but yes, if you lose a limb... You can get it replaced with just a cyber, you know, cyber limb. Yeah. But it's a kind of a normal cyber limb. It doesn't uh, increase your, you know, ability. It has the same uh, strength capabilities that a normal right. arm would have, um, and it does not uh, contribute to humanity loss. Okay. So oh, the next meant, question. Yeah. It's meant to be yeah. a th- kind of a therapeutic. Um, so right. where huma- human humanity loss and cyberpsychosis comes into play with cyberware is when you're improving your body beyond. Ah, that makes oh, okay. sense. Okay, okay. It's, yeah. it's a prosthetic. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. But an actual, you know, one that can do a little bit more than where we are, are now, right? It's, yeah. You, you still feel with it. You know, it's connected to your nerves. And, uh, Ooh. Yeah. You're not going to have super, you know, you lose a leg, you're not going to be able to, you know, off one foot, jump over a building kind of thing. But yeah. It's I mean, Luke's hand. Exactly. Yeah. yeah 100%. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. And I think there is, uh, you know, synth skin or some sort of skin that you can make it look tactile, you, yeah, and feel, or at least make it look like it's real flesh. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, stabilization and healing. Assuming you don't end up dead, you'll want to heal up <laughs> so you can get back on the street and do it all over again. <laughs> so to begin the natural healing process, you must first receive stabilization. The difficulty, the difficulty value to stabilize a target or yourself depends on the wound state of your target. So if you're lightly, lightly wounded. You have to be stable. You have to beat a difficult value of ten yeah. to start to be stabilized. Seriously wounded, thirteen. Mortally wounded, fifteen. Oof. Stabilization takes an action and is rolled tech plus first aid skill or paramedic skill plus a one d ten. Six. You got a six got on a the six. right hand side. Okay. I fail. <laughs> <laughs> so you just what rolled a, a one? A one. Yeah. <laughs> so you got three in tech, six. In first aid, so that's a nine. Yeah, it's not good. Let's not get hurt. Okay. <laughs> I don't see any rules. That's, that's kind of interesting here. Is I don't see any rules for what happens if you critically fail a stabilization. Ooh. I don't, Ooh. I don't see any rules. Uh, <clears throat> Do you really mess the guy up? Maybe in the core <laughs> rule book there is, but not in, the, in this quick start. Um, once a successful stabilization has been reached, the target will heal a number of HP equal to their body stat for each full day they spend resting, Correct. spending the majority of each day taking it easy and doing only light activity until they are at full HP again. So if you get, you know, you come out of a mission all beat up. You're not walking it off tomorrow. No, exactly. <laughs> There's none, none of this, you know, sleep the night and then you're all good to go. Again. <laughs> the magic long rest. Yeah. Exactly. Here. Exactly. Awesome. Um, okay. If the patient pushes it, so yeah. if you all of a sudden come under attack while you're resting, um, they will gain no HP that day, their wounds reopen, and they will need to receive stabilization again to restart the natural healing process. So I think that assumes that... And you can really keep the pressure on as a DM. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yes, yeah. you can. 
<laughs> it doesn't even have to be like a big combat. Nope. Some dude pulls a knife on you. Yep, exactly. Man, that's crazy. It wouldn't take much, hey? No, yeah. Wow. You're, you're forced to sprint or you know run behind cover or anything. Yeah, yeah you're... Uh... <laughs> I think when wounds reopen, I don't think that assumes that you're actually decreasing, you know, ticking away at your health. Yeah. But I think that just means that you're not gaining HP anymore. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. I th- Ooh, I think. You could you could use that in so many cool ways as a DM. Like mm. you could give them like more like if, if your players are injured yeah. and they're trying to heal up, you could present them with like kind of like an opportunity to yeah. try and get something that they normally couldn't. But they won't be healing anytime soon, so it's a lot more risky. Good, yeah, good yeah. point. Man, I, I like the mechanic. It's cool. Yeah. I like that. Yes, I'm making notes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what happens if you get a critical injury? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you're, uh, you lost an arm or a bullet in lung. <laughs> or <laughs> I just want to yeah, I want to see, uh, just going back to the t- a torn muscle, minus two to melee attacks. Um so yeah, say you've you've lost an arm. Yeah, you've you've increased your death saves. Uh, you may drop any items in that dismembered hand immediately. You're not losing health because of that um, uh, that specific injury. Uh, I just wanted to see if there was. Okay, yeah. So like something like broken ribs. Uh, if you end up moving, you resuffer critical injury. This is bonus damage directly to your hit points. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So there are there are uh, some injuries that uh, you you are gonna continue to re-injure yourself, but there is a way to heal. You're, there are two ways to heal from a critical injury: a quick fix and a treatment. Depending on the severity of the critical injury, either option may not be available, or they may require different skills. So there is a column in the uh, in the table for critical injuries that determines how what skill it needs it uh, needs to be. Um, Perform to, to fix it. Okay. The worst critical injuries require a surgery skill, which is only available to med techs through their role ability. The DV, the difficulty values for re- attempting to either a quick fix or a treatment can be found next to them on the table. Mm-hmm. A quick fix will remove the injury effect for the rest of the day. Each attempt takes a minute. You can quick fix yourself. A treatment will remove the injury effect permanently. Each attempt takes four hours. You can't do a treatment to yourself. So... Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're a med tech, you got to go to a hospital yeah. to uh, to fix certain injuries. And I believe we spoke about uh, face downs last. Is that oh context? yeah, that's like when you're trying to escalate the situation, make them back off. So yes. yeah, you, uh, as a DM, if you want to play it, or like you know, you don't want to get bloody right away, or even yeah. as characters, you can do a face down. So uh, the, the mechanic is basically, you know, two people come to an impasse. Yeah, you want to be threatening. To make uh, it's a roll against a roll, cool plus a d10. Ooh. In a tie, nothing happens. Otherwise, the loser loser has the option of backing down or taking a minus two to any future actions made against his opponent due to fear until they have defeated them once. I love that. I love that. And that's it for the quick and dirty rules. Like these are all uh, the basics that can get you in and get you playing. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Like I'm stoked to play. Like there's ditto. If if I'm honest, it it feels really big. Like yeah. There's a lot of, and I know we haven't even scratched all the complexity of no. it. But I think what's gonna help is once once we're on our feet, once yeah. we're like in the world and we're trying different skill checks and we're doing different things, I think yeah. it's it's all gonna kind of click. It will into place. Yeah. And I think we found that when we did our little play test with a, a different group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I found that was easy. Um, 
It's easy to, yeah, like you said, like one of those games you pick up and, and learn as you play. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of rules. Yes. Yeah. But you don't have to dive into every single rule right off the bat. Right. And as a yeah. player, you don't need to know all those rules to play. Yeah. Yeah. Helpful if the DM knows. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this can add so much flavor and, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and nuance to the game, which is, is nice. But uh, yeah, kind of the reason I went with the easy mode, not to, you know, not just only to encourage people to get started right away, but uh, I found the main core rulebook was just really organized difficulty that you can't really use it uh, as a reference easy easily um it's nice to just you know sit down and read the whole through as you go yeah. but if i need it as a reference i'm jumping around a lot and it was like even um we were kind of making characters here and while you two were making characters i was flipping through the book going <laughs> uh okay where's that thing is right. humanity lost and it took me yeah. almost the whole time to find it wow just, um yeah. like i don't have uh I was just using the search function on my PDF and yeah. trying to use bookmarks. So uh, things can be improved as far as how I'm using the the uh, the book. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's um, it can be a bit clunky as far as using it as a reference for finding specific rules. But yeah, uh, I actually really enjoyed reading it. Yeah, uh, well, it has a lot of, of flavor in it. Lots of flavor. Yeah, actually, the the core rule book is um, kind of sectioned that there's a short story. Yeah, at yeah, different parts of the uh, two. Not only get you know the reader involved and, and into the the setting, but kind of give some history and, and things like that. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. So where does that leave us now? Yeah. Okay. That leaves so, us with session zero. Let's go session zero. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and that's kind of what we wanted to do here is we wanted mm-hmm. to now step back a little bit and let's start discussing what a session zero is. A session zero is. I think really important for any any tabletop game, you know. Yeah. You, even if you you've played as a group already, like we've all played together, but yeah. if we're just starting Cyberpunk, and we'll use Cyberpunk as an example here, uh, to do a session zero, because yeah, I think like what do you guys think that uh, you know what you want to get out of a session zero, or why do you want to do a session zero? Yeah, I think for me, um, whether I'm DMing or I'm, I'm a player, mm-hmm. uh, session zero is really nice because you can kind of get the, the the ground rules out. Yeah. Even if it's like the same people you've played with like before, but it's a new game. Mm-hmm. Some like for instance in Cyberpunk, it is more edgy. It's more like you're going to be using more profanity in this one than yeah. you normally would. Maybe like D and D or something like that, Absolutely. or our yeah. Monster of the Week. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of more encouraged um, in the flavor. Yeah. Uh, in the slang. Yeah. Um, yeah. It can kind of also help set like you know. This game is more of a role-playing game, so let's yeah, try and lead more. into that. Or, or with Cyberpunk, yeah, you know, with the, with the cyberpsychosis kind of thing, yeah, it gives you a chance to say, okay, like you know, as you lose your humanity, mm-hmm. you become closer and closer to the cyberpsychosis. Like, how do you play that? Yeah, yeah. Not only can that be a conversation as you you know as it happens, but yeah, definitely a good you know thing to have right at the beginning is like this is what like. We kind of did that before we started recording. That I was reading through the descriptions of what cyberpsychosis yeah. is because um, Mike Pondsmith does a great job of kind of describing what a dissociative disorder kind of looks like, um, how it's defined, and how you can gives you ideas to you know try to add it to your characters because you could become. Uh, I think you could add some really cool things to role playing into your character yeah. as a yeah. that, that's starting to disassociate themselves from them, themselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we picked Cyberpunk specifically to do this Session Zero because, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, the Cyberpunk world is, is meant to be dark yeah. and, and gritty. And so you, as a DM, you, know, you want to in- incorporate that, but things can get um, really, uh, you know, really sensitive. Yes. And uh, so you want to, that, and that's, this is a setting specifically. You can obviously, you should obviously do this for other settings as well, but this setting specifically 
you're gonna want to ch- talk to your players. You know, is yeah. profanity okay? Yeah, like, yeah. Are you okay with? Where is that line for you? Where it yes. stops becoming fun? Yes, absolutely. That's or even a, yeah. even even worse, right? Yeah, yeah. uncomfortable or yeah, yeah. yeah. And let everyone else know that you yeah. know what everyone's feeling for their limits. Yes, because everyone you know some players are like. Yeah, go for it, man. Like any, any, there's no holds bar on what I'm comfortable with in RPG. And other people are like, well, yeah. you know, I'm okay up to a point. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's a really nice point there as well. Both of you, um, consent in in games is so important mm-hmm. uh, more and more. And that's again what I love about the session zero is being able to then okay, here's our guardrails and things like that. Yeah. And I, you know, when I run drop in games, uh, I have got a little pattern when I do consent and things like that, or like what is what is okay, what isn't, mm-hmm. things like that. Because one of the games I run is very dark as well and things mm-hmm. like that. But I've also, um, you know, uh, I, I've also kind of not necessarily used uh, a session zero to do that. Uh, instead, kind of leapt into it and done more patter, and it's bit me in the ass. Okay, yeah. Kind of thing. So that's why Session Zero is, is wonderful. And mm-hmm. another thing I really love about a Session Zero is the fact that it we're going to start to build this world collaboratively. Right. Yeah. Right? Yes, like it draws absolutely. us in. We've got agency in, yes. in some of the ways it's it's going to build. And that's cool because then I'm, I'm a bit more invested in seeing my person see see like develop their world and their journey their their point of view absolutely and and i think and this is what i worried if i'm honest what i worried about cyberpunk a little bit because it's kind of nihilistic it's very dark i'm like yes oh is it just we're gonna just have a breed of murder hobos and things like that yes but this is yes yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you're supposed to in this game so that's yeah But you're also very flimsy as well, so you don't want to go running out into yeah. a street full of cops with yeah. guns. Yeah. yeah. When yeah, you're gonna get gunned down pretty fast. Yeah. But it, but a session zero gives us yeah, yeah. Right. But but session zero gives us an opportunity to also go, yeah, you're you're this you know um, survival. You there's it's dark, it's bloody, it's it's gonna be a lots of this. Yep. But maybe there's opportunity to kind of like where where are the moments that you guard from this world? What yes. are the parts of your character? that you keep very guarded that you hope aren't exposed and maybe mm-hmm. there's like pieces of vulnerability that we can like mm-hmm. uh, think mm-hmm. about now so that we can be murder hobos but also we care about certain things yeah and that's i think i kind of struggle with some some players is that they're like well i just slaughter and kill right and i want to like well yeah but why why yeah, yeah. why what led you to that point yeah yeah there is something and yeah that they need to be invested into the world rather yeah. this is not just you know um not just imagination is it's you see that in a video game right it's oh they're just ones and zeros on the screen just color you know dots and yeah. color squares and pixels uh you can actually have a chance to really invest people into the into the world here and yeah, yeah. really tackle those um the way you'd, you'd, you'd read a book right when yeah. an author is, is tackling you know contentious issues and and you know deep philosophical ones you are invested as the reader yeah. into that well now you can actually pull yourself entirely and have agency yeah. in the game and deal with all those very very personally i guess very close to the to the heart and and that's uh, that's a good point tristan i've had trouble with as much as the you know cyberpunk is really cool personally i have trouble with very nihilistic yeah settings and and uh i i'm a i'm a lord of the rings fan and tolkien the whole hero you know journey of the yeah, hero yeah. that you catastrophe that you know something bad happens but it also brings hope and and it, at the end it actually is is you know, a good happy ending at the end because you need to have that hope yeah. that, up, in my view, uplifts uh, a reader. Yeah. Or, and so 
but then, yeah, how do you deal with that in a nihilistic setting? How do yeah. you bring those some of those darker, grungier elements in and then still have moments of, of hope or, yeah. you know, you can find... And that's kind of what um, the author recommends. Uh, make it more personal. Yeah. You're not to save... You're not, you know, you're not Frodo here saving the world, but you might just save yourself. Yeah. yeah. Maybe yeah. your friend or at least their arm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, there are. I think yeah. The other kind of fun thing too, from a uh, maybe a player's perspective, when you're newer to it or not as comfortable with that kind of RPG mechanic, mm-hmm. um, it kind of gives the opportunity for other players, the DM, to help kind of help you flush out your character, like mm-hmm. by asking them questions, like, "Well, I'm here and I like this." It's like, okay, cool. Like, so in your history, like what led you to that or maybe this like situation could have led to that like does that sound right or like what what do you think and it can help flesh out those characters um Mm -hmm. which especially for the person who's like when i started i was very uncomfortable with the rpg set Mm -hmm. of things Mm -hmm. i was very much i like the numbers yeah i like the math yeah but my rpg skills weren't the greatest when it wasn't spoon-fed to me through a video game right yeah (laughs) so (laughs) yes yeah so and i did have one um uh another player because uh, I'd reached, I'd, I'd reached out to them and said like, how do you do it? Like, how do you do the role playing? Yeah. So and then they helped me walk through my character. Cool. And, and get that background, which helped me a lot because I was able to play as a character a lot more. Nice. Um, That's cool. I think from the DM's perspective too, it's really nice because if you're there, everyone's building their character together. It's not only like the the basic. Here's how you fill out your stat sheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you can help them and ask them questions, see how their characters build, it gives you so much ammunition. As the DM to build yes. your like first couple missions because yes. you can make them very personal missions to guys right off the bat, right? Yeah. And it sometimes makes it easier as a um, the you know the noble walks into the bar and asks, "I need five heroes. I see five people in this bar. You are now my heroes." <laughs> Ta-da! Yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> so you can make it a lot more personal too, like when yes. they come in there and and build those backgrounds, like like. We did Monster of the Week. Yeah. And I did a very good job in building those backgrounds and connections. Mm-hmm. So you can, in your session zero, build those up. So yeah. at, when you go to your first game, you're not all strangers. Yeah. And you know how people know each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And have an idea on how they might react. Absolutely. That's cool. And yeah, so players as, and DMs, as you go through the game, and you like as a, if as a player, you're feeling bogged down with something, whether it's like, I, I'm struggling with playing role-playing my character or mm-hmm. you know this is just too dark and, and heavy for me I, I need some sort of uplifting uh you know break from this talk to your dm as soon as you start feeling that and dm vice versa you know talk to your players you know you might want to go a new direction with the story yeah. or uh or yeah a different completely different direction with the story or yeah hey yeah. How, how are you guys feeling so dm keep a you know finger on the pulse of your players good, and, and good players advice. Always yeah. come to your, you know, your DM because it's like you said, this is collaborative, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, and collaborative in the ultimate sense because yeah, uh, you guys kind of let the cat out of the bag here. I'm coming in blank slate as as <laughs> an ex, and we're gonna, you know, a little bit uh, later here, we're gonna start building our, our characters, and that's gonna help me start building the story. So we are gonna build the story together, and uh, awesome. we'll uh, we'll get to that. But yeah, anything else about, you know, session zero that you guys can think of, or even specific to cyberpunk for a session zero? I think <clears throat> going in it as a DM. When, when you're going into session, if you have the time, which mm-hmm. I very much recommend, like scheduling this in yes. to have that session zero, um, go into it. Like, if you already have like grandiose plans of what the story is going to be, <laughs> I would say be very open when you go into one of those sessions. Right. Yeah. 
see what your characters are because yeah that collaboration really helps get players invested mm. yeah. and then you know you can either build NPCs um, that you know your characters will be like liking and then you can make tragic things happen a yes. lot easier yeah. um, even characters like one character if everyone loves this one character and something tragic happens to them or they're put in peril mm-hmm. everyone's going to want to jump to try and help them so it's yeah I think going into session zero don't have your full plan ready or at least be very open to modifying that based on what you hear from your players or even ask them questions like world building questions too which is like a great opportunity to do that so when they come into this world they feel like hey I, I want to go to this place because I helped make it. I know yeah. mm-hmm. that this is this will be a cool place to go and check out. Or I'm really invested in protecting this city or town because, yeah. you know, it's named after me. <laughs> <laughs> or at least you've lived in it for a little bit. Or you've lived too. in it yeah. for a little while. Yeah, it makes, it makes the world feel more connected, Yeah, I think. For sure. Yeah. Um, I already told the guys here that we're going to stay in Night City, so uh, yeah. we're not going to be able to make things as we go, but we are going to be able to define little yeah. bits and because... And, Based on your your characters that you guys picked, um, we are going to build something new that's not, you know, on purpose. That's not defined in Night City. There's going to be lots of newness that we can create on our own and, and make it make it ours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to because uh, I've, pl- pl- I've played as a player in both uh, campaigns run by both you guys, and yeah. from at least as a perspective, my perspective from a player, it seemed like you already had a story <laughs> that you wanted to tell, and uh, I guess in John's case, you had a entire game you wanted to tell <laughs> with, with rebranding uh, uh, Monster of the Week. I know, Tristan, you had a, your own setting. That, yeah. That's when uh, I w- we were first introduced to you, was you had your own uh, your, your own setting and campaign you wanted to run, and it was, right. it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> but then, yeah, it seems like you already had a story uh, you want to tell, whereas I feel like now my goal is, okay, I've, tra- I've seen other people try that. I've also seen another DM say, here's the world you're in, go. I will describe things as you go. I will reveal a world as yeah. you decide to walk through, and I think when we were playing that game, we kind of got hung up. We, uh, you know, the world was ending over here on our left. We went right, yeah. right? right. So, <laughs> and not on purpose. We just thought, hey, this looks cool, and, and that's what we did. So, I'm, that's kind of my, my goal. I want to be a little bit more, uh, and I'm, air quotes here, sandboxy. Yeah. But uh, and yeah, kind of blank slate. But I don't know if am I wrong in thinking that's what you guys, what, what your approaches were. Yeah, I've I've always got a, like an inkling of, of what could be a theme. Okay. I think that's what's more of what I do is I build like a theme and. A, be- because I was raised by TV, I also think about like cool action scenes yeah. or cool like cinematic things that that I look forward to. So I actually map out like certain cinematic moments that I hope okay. actually happen. Yes, and then um, you know kind of then kind of flesh out like a like a general idea from there. But I mean, sure. it's a trope, but it's inevitable that the players will, like you said, <laughs> will always just go left when you want them to go right to save the world and stuff yeah. like that. So you got to be open to have that flexibility. Yeah, for but, sure. Um, my, my process always starts with, like, oh, that would be cool. Like, for instance, right. like, when I took you guys on, um, there was a, 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 a bit of a campaign. It was a D&D campaign when I took you into a ship. Yeah. I had you kind of start in this ship. You were, like, rowers. Slave we slaves, rowers, yeah. Sh- ship kind of thing. That was, and yeah. uh, the whole thing that, that built from that was the image of the one elf that was restraining your magic realizing where he was and letting loose wild magic and exploding a beam of like light through right. the ship yeah that was the very first image that was in my brain i'm like ooh, okay i gotta write a story about that <laughs> cool yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's basically it okay so that's kind of how i attack cool okay yeah and i think for me um 
two two things on that one, I guess. Because uh, you, you had kind of the, the the question there too, like, do you go like, did you have it planned out, or is you just kind of make it up as you go? Mm-hmm. Um, for for that, I, I think it Sessinger is very good because you can kind of get an idea. For me, it's really based on the players. Right. If I'm playing with people who are very experienced, who are very comfortable, mm-hmm. really enjoy like the RPG side of things, I will be a bit more hands off. Okay. Yeah. And a bit more, let's let them explore the world. Okay. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like I'll I'll get more details put up in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually have uh, I'll, I'll draw inspiration for something. So like you mentioned, that Monster of the Week game that I did, uh, that campaign, I had just finished watching The Expanse. Yeah, <laughs> that's and why I thought. Like, okay, yeah, yep, I, I see. And it I now. loved Dead Space, and I was like reading up on some Dead Space lore. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna stick these two together. Okay, and, and yeah. force it down Monster of the Week's throat. <laughs> and it it actually turned out really well. It I was fun. I was I think yeah. my character was the first one to experience one of the uh, the zombie like other yes. Um, oh yeah. Which it, they weren't really zombie like they were very um, very aggressive. They were almost. Um, Sporish. I kind of yeah yeah. When I was building them, I I, I envisioned um, the husks from yes uh, uh, Mass Effect. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then they went after you. Like they, these yeah. weren't these weren't slow lumbering things. These were hyper aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I I did feel that like that was um and I I guess what made it visceral for me at that point is I was having some music in the background that it just the timing went that as soon as that 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 first monster the first sighting of that monster came out of the of the I think there's some sort of mist or, or something there or at least out of the shadows yeah. the violin just hit at that point <laughs> and I was like oh <laughs> so, that, that's yeah that viscerally hit me just perfect circumstance like you had the perfect storm there that uh, yeah, oh, that, that yeah it worked out great so. yeah it's, yeah yeah and that's um, with, with that one I think we only had one player well, that's not true, I guess. Because how, how new were you to, to the RPG games at that point? Uh, I mean, when we first started playing, that was pretty much my start. Right, and then there's also, because there was yourself, there was uh, another girl that was there that was new to it as well. Yes, yeah. Um, and I think we did one story camp, like one, I think like a year long, yeah. kind of campaign first before we went into, we did some other stuff, and then yeah. we went into the, this this one, the space one. Yeah, yeah. And on that one... Um, I felt people were more comfortable with the, the basic rules of the game. Yes. Yeah. So that's when I decided, of course, to change everything. Right. And I, I modified Monster of the Week and put in a whole new. Uh, I took magic out. Yeah. And yeah. put in a new um, kind of stat, which is basically like your ability to move in zero gravity. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I tried to for like I tried to really mix in like the physics of um, the expanse. Right. Into the gameplay. Okay. Because that's one of the things I love about the expanse is. Like from an engineering background, and I look at how they actually like apply real physics to it. I'm like, yeah. I want that in my game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for that one, I had very kind of a lot less um, structure in my head. Okay. Than yeah. When we first started playing uh, the very first Monster of the Week one, yeah, uh, you guys were a lot more experienced with it. You were more comfortable yeah. with doing the role playing. You knew kind of what questions to ask, what things to try. Right. Yes. So I had very, I had. The beginning, I had the end, and then each session we had, I had okay. I want them to end kind of around this point, mm-hmm. and I want them to learn this information by the end. Okay, yeah. And that was pretty much the only structure I had. My starting point, I had okay. Yeah, I want them to learn this by the end. Mm-hmm. Here are some major characters I can throw in depending on what they do. Yeah. Okay. 
Whereas the very first Monster of the Week, I'm like, okay, I went through like the Monster of the Week style, where it's like the the, the morning through night kind right. of thing. Yeah. And that was did a very good job at structuring it. Yes, yes. they do. Yeah. So I, I followed that one like almost to a T. Okay. The very wow. first time. So yeah, for me, it really depends. And that's why I love that session zero. Yeah. Um, because you can gauge, especially if you don't know the players that well. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can gauge how comfortable they are, and and kind of plan on that like what how much structure you want okay oh, so yeah. also yeah i also don't want the players to feel railroaded i think that's right. the yeah. worst feeling in an rpg game okay because it's not an rpg game if you're railroaded there's into no, one there's, no choice. there's one path yeah, yeah. No agency you sit on the rails yeah right? exactly yeah. yeah i mean yeah I, I wanted to bring that up but just because if you got a story to tell and you want to tell it you know this is a story generator. Uh, tabletop games are a story generator, but oh, yeah. it's kind of funny that we kind of lifted the curtain here a bit, thinking <laughs> that you, you know, as a player, oh, you guys had your stories written out, oh, beat God, for beat, no. and away we go, right? <laughs> Just and no, it wasn't. Not so, even close. But as yeah. a player, it felt that way. So yeah, that's if you've you know never been a DM before. There's. Uh, yeah, you just yeah. kind of make it as you go. and Oh, yeah. You'll develop your style. And yeah. tools, man. There's tools that I use that help my storytelling that I absolutely have to rely on. Okay. Like for, what? For me is flashback. To flesh oh, okay. out characters and okay. to flesh out, like, whenever I'm kind of stuck with something and I'm like, oh, I, I want to find out more about this person. It's also twofold. That's a tool I use to help people RP. Because mm-hmm. then I, I kind of put them on the spot a little bit with with assistance. There's always mm-hmm. a safety net. Yeah, for sure. But it's, I, I, I love flashback. It's like, hey, like, they're like, oh, no, I don't like that. I'm like, okay, let's explore that. Yeah. So I leap on that and it helps me flesh that character out a little more. It also provides me, selfishly, yeah. with maybe, <laughs> yeah, but sometimes like little things that, that will affect that character. You okay. know, they'll yeah. talk about a certain situation. And so later in the campaign, I might be like, yeah. hey, you know what this situation reminds your character of? Yeah. Of being back here, right? right. You're, yes. you're feeling the same anxiety and, yeah. and, and stress. And da, 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 da. I think my character was specifically prejudiced towards orcs. Exactly. Yes. So yes, I remember that. And, and I think I got hooked in by the uh, big bad at, at the same time. So you did. That yeah. was, yeah, I, that was very visceral for me as well as a player because yeah. I, I could then... Yeah, really, not empathize, but I could attach that feeling to the character and really start to yeah. play it. And it, was, it became very easy to think, what's my character going to say or do to the situation? It happened to be, I'm going to punch my teammate. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that was something we decided as a group that was okay, right? Like yeah. sometimes PvP, not okay. Yeah. But we were, uh, you know, we comfortable where we're all friends and we knew each other's style and exactly. that, that became okay. And um, yeah, I didn't feel displaced by I don't think the other person did either so no, but I think it, it felt very I know as I remember as a player it felt very cinematic yeah it was a lot easier to picture it in my head oh yeah mm-hmm. and then it was it was also cool because I felt like this secret knowledge about my companion was revealed to yeah. us like yeah. in real time yeah which is like oh shit yeah. that's why that's happening <laughs> yeah <laughs> even though 10 minutes ago that didn't exist yeah, so, like, yeah. But no, it does. Yeah, and it feels very cool. It feels like there's yeah. this whole world that you don't know of that is still there. Yeah. And has happened. That's my favorite tool, is flashback, man. And I use it all the time, and it's so much fun, just character development for plot development. Right. To give me a moment to go like, oh, what do I do now? <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then at the same time, your players are going, hey, I'm just not a one-dimensional character anymore. I've got two dimensions. I've got three dimensions. Yeah. And... Oh, I hope I get a flashback. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I've had characters go like, when's my flashback? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, coming. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I hit yeah. a snag, and I yeah, don't know what it. to do, you'll uh, get your flashback. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And as, as far as um, structure, uh, folks, if you do get your hands on the 
core rulebook of, of cyberpunk, or even the, the easy mode. Uh, yeah. Mike Pondsmith's done a good job of describing uh, a tool, uh, he calls it Story Beats, yeah. and basically he helps you break down, you know, the path of a story, you know, going from start, you know, hook to uh, climax to the end, and then also it helps you, like you were saying, uh, John, uh, with the day and day to night, um, these story beats help you get a good, uh, you know, session length, so that the, the story beat, or the, uh, sorry, this mission is supposed to have a, a bunch of beats that will then equal up to a good full session, and you won't feel that, you know, uh, okay, how do I, how do I structure this, and yeah. you, don't, you don't have to be bogged down by that, you can take this framework, and then you can hang your story on it, and then... Uh, you know, away you go, and you're also having you know creating sessions for your yeah for your your players. <coughs> so I think one of the things I'm excited to see on this one yeah is um, cyberpunk kind of like follow is it's a pretty heavy RPG. There's lots of going on. Yes. Yeah. There's lots of mechanics. There's lots of existing world already. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm curious to see what that's like for because Steve, you're a new DM. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it it's to be a new DM and take on a heavy game oh, right yeah. off the bat as opposed to something done? like <laughs> as opposed to something like like Monster of the Week which I consider probably one of the lightest games I've played yeah it's very um, very easy mode when yeah. it comes to being a new DM right I think um, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see how you feel after these after these uh, couple sessions here okay. after running the game yeah and then maybe when we come back around to eventually maybe if we could find you a lighter game <laughs> and then see just how they compare okay yeah, that would be kind of interesting that would be okay. really yeah. cool to see certain so really rules light like TMNT from the 80s it's <laughs> <laughs> just like nothing by rules so <laughs> great yeah we're like Edge of the Empire right yeah. That's light. That's rules light. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at the 400 pieces. Yeah, exactly. Book. <laughs> yeah. That's cool, because actually that's kind of what hooked me into uh, Cyberpunk was the, actually the, the detail of the world and the layers uh -huh. of it. So, um, yeah, maybe I've just stepped myself into the uh, the deep end and I don't have my, uh, you know, floaty wings or anything. Yeah. But, yeah. And if, if we can do it, you guys can do it listening. So Yeah. <laughs> I've actually got, like, a really, um, a really uh, uh, kind of a rules light, like, forcibly collaborative system okay that we should throw your way actually that would be really really interesting oh that fake game yeah have you ever, do you know that no uh it's it it but there's um a condensed version that's like maybe 20 pages okay and it is wild sick it's we gotta, such put, a we gotta put that on the schedule yeah because yeah. i'm i'm very <laughs> yeah I, th I think especially if, if you're a listener and you're like starting out as a dm yeah. you don't know where to start like I'm very curious to see Steve how it's for, how it's like for you yeah. after you play these two, right? And yeah, I'm curious to just to see how how it comes out. Like, do you like being a new DM and jumping into something that's very rule heavy, right? Right off the bat, or is it harder to do the more rules light where it's a lot more yeah. um, like the, the RP of the of the world sure. kind of thing? Yeah, I mean. Um as a kid, I read a lot, uh, fantasy and sci-fi. Um, so I was always digging into, you know, the Wikipedia and the, and, and getting into the backgrounds of, of the settings that I uh, I read about. So maybe that's what's drawn me and kind of tipped me yeah. over the edge here, and I might be in a free fall. But uh, you know, you handed me that rule book. Well, guinea pig meat wheel. So uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be the yeah. You know, I, I don't mind. I'll be the guinea pig for that. That'd be fun. That's awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Got so many more questions and, and things to think of and, and talk about. But I think. Hold that. I think we're gonna to have to have like uh, an episode where we just kind of talk about yeah. being DMs and, and, and players and stuff like that. Because I, I feel like I'm, idea. I'm very easily gonna get sidetracked from 
uh, <laughs> cyberpunk, <laughs> which I'm sure is the episode title will be like cyberpunk, not John just talks about shit for yeah. an hour. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, sorry. No, um, no, good. Yeah, no, I like that idea, and I think that's let's do an interlude at some point. Uh, maybe, maybe when um, our play sessions with uh, cyberpunk have completed sure. we've enjoyed this this wonderful story that you're going to craft with us yes um that um let's take an interlude and let's um let's talk uh as dms sure yeah i, I like wonderful. that i'm really excited that would be re- actually yeah i really like that because we got like a professional dm tristan ah, you, I you're, so. you're professional yeah. you get okay. paid to be a dm i do that's i yeah. think definition of professional that is literally <laughs> <laughs> we have like a, a more intermediate level like myself and then we have a new one like steve so yeah i think it'd be a good uh mix yeah. of uh Mix of uh, perspectives. You're that guy's all it takes is to start a podcast, uh, read the rules out in uh, in two <laughs> sessions, and then do a two session uh, one shot, and then you're a DM. Yeah, you're a DM. And, and you're qualified how, to yeah, talk exactly. as a DM. <laughs> but really, in the end, you're anyone exactly can, right. Yeah. Anyone can <laughs> <No>. DM. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Back to it. Yeah. yeah did you want to do you want to tackle kind of uh, um, uh, picking at the edges of this this session zero? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So um, I guess. Run us through a session zero. Sure. And so kind of what I was thinking with um, Cyberpunk specifically, um, I'm going to curse. You know, you got, a guy, you got a punk in your face and he's going to be F you, F this. Uh, yeah, do it. So get, yeah. let's get Go into for it right it. now. Get gritty. Yeah. Swear so. at me, Steve. Fuck! <laughs> I just hit my, I just kicked That's the it. table. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, sex and things like that. Also because this is a podcast, you're going to kind of fade to black. I think yeah. I... Kind of want to keep that out, but uh, you know, if, if that wants to happen, you can say that's happening, and then we'll we'll fade to black. Um, yeah, you might get a racist uh, NPC, but I prefer you know not be racist against NPCs. But you know, you might get a, a you know guy might be prejudiced against you for some reason, and that yeah. might be your hook to either face him down or to literally punch him in the face. Love so it. that could be cathartic. Yeah. Um, other than that, yeah, uh, blood, gore. Let's you know. Let's go for it, right? Let's yeah. swing for the fences. You've got, you know, someone's got wolvers on, which are basically wolverine claws. So, you know, you absolutely lop this guy's head off or, you know, into four pieces. Cool. You know, describe the, the blood and we'll go, through, go from there. Perfect. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of a quick and dirty uh, cover the things. And that's this is why we use Cyberpunk as our... Uh, example for for this session zero is because you're gonna get all this stuff in a, in a green yeah. you know you fantasy high fantasy might not fit but yeah. this and this it will so it's important to cover that and you guys are comfortable with oh yeah with that i'm in cool i'm ready yeah can i just say that one of the most awkward things in the world was a game where i had to describe a sex scene between two npcs oh no because <laughs> <laughs> i was like maneuvered into it it was it was not great okay <laughs> no, I'd, I'd like to avoid that uh yeah Entirely. Yeah. New goal for this Fade session, yeah. Tristan. We're going to force this on Steve. <laughs> no the new DM. <laughs> no, but really. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, and our characters thinking. are twins, so it could get really oh, awkward. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It will be. It will be. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've kind of... These guys are creating characters here uh, mm-hmm. prior to, um, to, our set, uh, to our recording here, so... We have characters pre-made, but what we're going to do is uh, to kind of simulate, because that's what you'll do in a session zero, is you'll sit down and, you know, make your characters together. And yeah. that kind of came from, you can ask your DM questions, uh, and you, these, these guys did do some uh, some haggling with me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that comes from the old days where you just had, you know, the paper book where you only had the one copy, so you all sat down at the same table passing the book around. And I think we did that when we first started playing yep, as, we as did. a group. Yeah, so, we did. Yeah. I think we had, like, two, two pages printed out, and... People just passed it around. They picked up what they want and started writing down. Someone else would take the page and right. look at what they want, and or take a picture of what they want and then pass it yeah. on. But uh, yeah, yeah. 
So do, do you want us to like kind of go through how we went about creating our characters briefly? Or? Actually, yeah, because I wasn't here. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah tell me how you created your characters. Sure. You want to start, start Tristan? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Like like um, there's so many ways that you can kind of go about this, and we kind of we kind of uh, left right to um, you know how do how do we uh, best populate our stat blocks mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, what Cyberpunk does well, and and what you reminded me of when you arrived was like, hey, actually early in the book there's. There's a lot of cool things to help you develop concepts about your person and yes. develop all these kind of things, which we kind of skipped over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we get to go back and do this now. Exactly. Okay. So that was perfect. Yeah. Good. Uh, glad you guys skipped over it because that's a big part. It's called Life Paths. Yeah. And so yeah. we are going to use that. It's very similar to what we described with Monster of the Week, yeah. where you went around the table and um, helped flesh out your, each other's characters. Yeah. With, uh, so yeah, Life Paths will help us do that. But uh, yeah, back to your stat blocks. Yeah. So, so we took um, kind of uh, uh, one of the options there for, for rolling our stat blocks. And so uh, we, we rolled up our characters following the tables that were provided there mm-hmm. weirdly enough and without actual like conversation beforehand yeah. we pretty much almost mirrored our stats exactly it got, yeah very close very close and so we <laughs> almost kind of playing with the idea that we were like almost there was a relation there and I think then we landed on the yeah. fact that our characters were twins <laughs> okay yeah. which is fun yeah uh, and then um, and so because of that we followed uh, a lot of the the uh, kind of prompts for similar uh, archetypes, I okay. guess. Yeah. And so we, we chose kind of a lot of the, the, is it nomad? Yeah, the nomad kind of class. Yeah. So nomad class, and so we populated um, as if we were nomads. We've made little tweaks <laughs> yep, sure. because our characters are still a little different in that sense. Uh, we went through then um, a bit more of the kind of mechanical pieces after determining our skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and kind of figuring out what what best matches what we do there. Then we started to think about the way we look <laughs> and things like that. And I won't reveal that yet. What we kind of landed on as far as yeah, what we excited. what we look like now. Um, but um, we started to develop that, and that influenced a lot of our gear, a lot yes. of our armor. Cool. Um, again, we used a lot of the predetermined packages, okay. and you helped us with that, which was lovely, Steve. Is yeah. Determining, <laughs> yeah, like, do we pay for certain things at this point, or yes. are these things kind of more uh, given at that? And that was nice, right? Actually, that they give you so many, um, you know, they they kind of flesh your person out without having to nickel and dime the eddies yeah. at that point, which yeah. was really nice. Yeah, and you weren't left hanging, going, "What the heck? How do I stat out a nomad specifically yeah. versus, uh, you know, especially since this is our first, you know, we just dipped our toes in this game. How do you, yeah, how do you stat out a nomad versus a med tech?" Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad you guys chose the um, a pre-gen, at least a pre-gen stat block, so yeah. that yeah you aren't yeah gonna... it made it a lot quicker and easier. Yeah, for sure. And then um, yeah. yeah, we did like we did like a little bit of keggling with you, where yep. <laughs> I had like uh, a starting weapon that I I, I kind of wanted to get something different, right. and it was yeah. like of equal cost. I'm like, well, can I just instead of getting this like extra gun, can I yeah. switch it over for like the shock baton kind of thing? Yeah, because I want to try and build more of a. A close range guy. Okay. Yeah. And then and then Tristan can be more of like the ranged guy. That's right. <laughs> and I did take a look and actually, John, you didn't know what the damage was for that. Uh, no, I didn't. So it actually gave me a chance to research that and go, yep, it's it's a good. Um, that was a good switch. It, yeah. You know, it's not overpowered. Actually, what a stun baton does is it just does medium melee weapon damage. But uh, what makes it a stun baton is once you reduce that person's health to uh, one or zero, or you know, one or one below zero. Uh, they'd stay at one HP, but they're unconscious. Yeah. So, that's a very, a very good uh, and a very reasonable mm. uh, switch. So yeah, you can have those conversations, um, and then 
then you led us into uh, starting to look at what makes cyberpunk cyberpunk. Yeah. Yeah. The cyber part. Exactly. Yeah. Computers. No. Yeah. <laughs> Computers. Yeah. Body modification. Cyberware. Yeah. Um, so cyberware actually isn't covered in the easy mode. It's expected that you take the pregen, which the pregen characters already have their uh, uh, their cyberware installed, and yeah. the humanity. Uh, so you have a humanity and an empathy stat, which <laughs> is already accounted for. So as you install cyberware that um, actually is pushing your body beyond what humanity, you know, normal meat and bone, you know, flesh can can do, um, it reduces your humanity score, and so. Uh, they, you guys have ro- rolled for your humanity and your um, and your empathy in theory. So, as cyberware or other uh, things actually lower your humanity, as soon as you tick past um, a group of ten, so uh, if you go from fifty to forty, your empathy drops from a five to a four. Yeah. Yep. And then as your and then it uh, so the number that de- that uh, decrements day to day for you guys. So buying cyberware, yeah. uh, it's just your humanity. But then your empathy ticks down. Uh, in, in tandem with that, but then it's the empathy score that actually determines whether you are hitting cyber psychosis or not. Yeah. So we are skating the edge. Yeah, we, we got a little excited about the cyberware, <laughs> so we went a little heavy on the burn yeah. right down from five down to two and one pretty fast. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's it's recommended even as the complete uh, complete package, which is uh, referred to doing a character from scratch. Yeah, and um, going through that rule set, uh, you even. You don't have uh, enough eddies to start out, um, and even if you do like your guys' pregen, you only get five hundred eddies to start as well. Yeah. So how do you get around that if you want to buy more cyberware? Well, there's ways <laughs> in Night City to do that, and these yeah. guys chose to sell themselves to a corp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for fifteen hundred eddies. Yeah, and it's a lot of money. It's like they, they make it very tempting. Oh yeah. To sell should. yourself out. Yeah. Because it's the the quickest way to get ahead and feel powerful as a starter. Sure, absolutely, and you should because you are by definition edge runners. Yeah, edge runners push the edge, not just the edge, but you're to the bleeding edge. Yeah, they're not conservatives. So, <laughs> no, you guys, you know, you should be flirting with that cyber psychosis because as soon as we drop you into this world, everyone yeah. else already is. Tis, so. tis dangerous, exactly. Yeah. Here there be monsters. <laughs> but uh, what I kind of wanted to cover earlier is, um, well, what the heck's a nomad? Yeah, yeah, that's the um, class we chose. So there are different classes. There's uh, rocker boy, solo, net runner, tech, med tech, media, exec, lawman, fixer, nomad. Um, kind of like the the skills in this game, which cover everything. The classes cover everything. So you're you're probably gonna run through this world, and when you see an NPC and you kind of kind of get describing it and seeing what they do, you know this guy's carrying a you know a fully automatic weapon, and he's you know. Big, you know, hulked out, wearing heavy armor jack, and you're like, uh, yeah, that guy's a solo. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, you're talking to this lady, and she's saying, I'm from such and such corp. It's like, okay, yep, you're you're an exec. So, yeah. it, it these uh, classes cover a lot of the the stereotypes of of characters and people that you're going to see. You're not going to really uh, see people that don't really fit into these uh, these roles, which is also cool because that means there's so much room for player agency and story you want to be the fixer that's um that's you know making the deals providing your your teammate with your teammates with uh, gear yeah you're leveling up your fixer abilities and you can do that oh yeah i just hinted at multi-classic whoops uh we'll get to that later <laughs> but um or like in our case you guys are just nomads yeah you're gonna have a fixer that's not uh, you know a player so you're gonna have a fixer anyway you might come into an uh you know into the contact with a lawman or an exec or uh, I might add uh, 
uh, med tech, you know, depending on how uh, difficult I want to make this. But um, what I wanted to get to was the way characters work in this game is what makes a nomad a nomad is each class has a role ability. Mm -hmm. And so the nomad has a specific one. Um, and what I think the creators of this game tried to do is a netrunner has an ability called being a net, you know, a net runner that makes them actually a net runner. Mm. Um, it, oh, sorry, the role ability is called interface, uh, and that basically a net runner basically opens up a whole new section of a game just for net the, runners. Yeah, you plug into the matrix, pretty much, and, yeah. then, and that actually has its own mechanics and world that you go through. So yeah, a net runner can, will be able to during their turn make either net abilities if they're actually connected to the net, a net or meet space abilities. Which mm. so, but then what do you do with the other classes? Well. Each other class got their own role ability. So specifically for you guys, your role ability is called Moto. The Nomad's role ability is Moto. Whenever a Nomad increases their rank in Moto, they have the option of adding another stock vehicle with minimum specs to their Moto rank, or lower to the pool of family vehicles they have permission to use from the family motor pool, or to make an upgrade to one of their current vehicles. Thanks to being around vehicles since birth, Nomads are also able to dive drive any type of vehicle with tremendous skill. Ooh. And then go to page 161 for details. So these are kind of like the Mad Max world yes. of yeah. So uh, specifically <clears throat> in this uh, at this time in, in Cyberpunk in 2045, um, Night City's gone to shit, right? Like yeah. So everything's stopped. There's, yeah, there's, you know, cool agents and, you know, the latest things out there. But they're stuck in a warehouse where no one's working, it's locked up, no one's been there because, uh, nope, the uh, world's gone to shit, and there's just no work for anybody because that corpse gone out of business and it's trying to rebuild in other places so it can eventually get to its factory. That'll get there eventually, yeah. but people still need their shit. So that's what nomads are for. Fixer gets an idea going, hey, uh, I got a tip on uh, the box of the latest agents. Uh, agents, by the way, are um, the equivalent of our cell phone yeah. in, in the modern age, so they will connect you to the world and uh, you'll use it as a phone and, and communication tool. Anyway, um, and so Fixer's going to be a fixer going, I need to get this, I want to sell, sell this stuff at my night market, so I'm going to get in, into, you know, to talk with a nomad, a nomad clan, or maybe even specifically a certain nomad if they have a, a contact, but they're going to talk to a nomad clan and that nomad clan is going to do what it takes to get those goods and get it to where the fixer wants it to go. So the nomads are actually what run the world. Corpse might say, you know, Arasaka might say they run the world, or even specifically in the U.S., um, uh, oh, what's it called? Militech? Militech, thank yeah, you. Militech. Yes, Militech might run the states, but uh, no, uh, it's nomads. Lots of the nomads used to, you know, used to fight in the military during the Fourth Corporate War. Now they're just trying to survive it with their family. So, And nomads are very clan-oriented. Uh, clan so, quick question off of that um, rollability. Yes. What do you start? Because it says rollability, and next to it, it says rank. Do we start at like a rank one? Do we start at a rank zero? Ooh. So, in theory, you start at level four. Oh, shit. So. Cool. But I think that's already built into your stats, but let me see here. Then our, our role would be Nomad. Yes. That's exactly it. Um, and one of the other things we covered uh, that these guys didn't know is they had names for their characters. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I said, okay, great. Well, what's your handle? They're like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so in Cyberpunk, um, people go by their handle. So think uh, 90s, uh, 90s lead speak. Uh, if you guys yeah. know, uh, you know what? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go on to Xbox Live. 
There you go. That's, that's all there is. So. Yeah. <laughs> if, if yeah, you guys out there know what IRC is, you know, think 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 IRC, the, the old uh, yeah. or the old. Um, bulletin boards and, and things mm. like that so that's like matrix too hey? yeah yeah exactly 100%. mouse and yeah yes yeah, that's cypher and yeah, yeah yeah neo neo was neo. neo's handle trinity was trinity's handle so yeah. same same yeah. thing here yeah it's it's the name your public face the name that everybody knows you by that you want to make famous right so do we want to go over like what our characters are as we as yeah go, go ahead because that gives me a chance here to look up <coughs> that moto uh, skill for you and let sure. you know yeah. what that's supposed to be at so so yeah when, when we started um we got we kind of got the idea of like us being twins, so we have like the same uh, last name. Yeah. So uh, my my character's name is Ed, and his last name is Zachley. <laughs> so I'm Ed Zachley. <laughs> and uh, my handle uh, is Exacto with a three instead of an E. Ooh. Because that's the kind of douchebag he is. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen um, Disenchantment? It's yes, the, this enchant. Yes, <laughs> Elfo. Oh, Elfo. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Sorry. Very I precise. Ruined, I just ruined your character. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Anyway, it goes on. with his fight, fighting style too. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, I am um, your your twin brother, uh, Sadzini, uh, Zackley. Sadzini uh, Zackley. Sadzini Zackley. Uh, but my handle is for yo four. <laughs> for your four. For your four. Which is not terribly easy to say, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> that's <laughs> everyone else's problem. So, yeah, I'll, that's their error code. I'm just going to call you four. <laughs> Yo, four. Yo, four. Um, do you want to talk about what we look like, then? Sure, yeah, go for it. Start okay, off. okay. Uh, so, um, I've got Nomad Leathers, right? But mine are green. Yes. Uh, green Leathers, uh, and uh, uh, they are kind of built in, in kind of a, um, what would you call that? Uh, overall, yeah, overall style, so kind of suspenderish, <laughs> suspenderish. Yeah. yeah, but 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 overall, they're yeah. they're one piece overall. But leaving my uh, light uh, green armor, which is my uh, armor jack, my light armor jack, is uh, you know uh, very green. It's underneath there to keep me protected. Uh, I've got um, some some gloves. Yeah, I'm very careful, but I keep them very nice, pearly white as best as I can. Yeah. Maybe off white, maybe eggshell. It's like peacocking. Yeah, you, gotta, peacocking. you have to have the nice, clean white gloves. That's and right. Everything else around you is grimy and dirty. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that might be a, a delusion or, or some maybe an obsession. Yes. As it were. Uh, I do have a, a helmet, but it's in kind of a, a different style. It looks, although it is reinforced, it looks kind of the uh, cabbie style, cabbie style armor hat. Uh, but again, reinforced. Got that nice little tiny bill on the front. Yeah, tiny so. bill <coughs> on the front. And I do have uh, a a bit of cyber tech here. One of them is, well, two of them. I'll go through that, actually. The first one is is that I have um, cyber legs, okay. right? And so I have also taken the, um, the, the addition of a jump booster. So I'm nice. able to jump quite effectively. Uh, which I will use to somehow ram things above me, perhaps, if I need to. Uh, and I also have tech hair. Uh, and that hair is not on my head. It's actually on my face. It's a, it's a mustache. Okay. A luscious mustache in, in a very... Uh, how could I say this without being racist? Italian-esque. <laughs> Italian-esque uh, quaff of, of mustache. Okay. Uh, kind of thing. Um, so, uh, essentially, I am... Well, there it is. I'm Cyber Luigi. 
is what I am. <laughs> but uh, but I, I've added this now, and I, I have chem skin. Okay. Uh, but it's so it, it's a it's a, a coloration of my choosing. But because we're nomads too, I've actually got like almost like a chrome silver that looks like it's spray painted around my mouth <laughs> <laughs> for people to witness me. <laughs> what are you? We Excellent. Yeah, yeah, so um, going off that, your twin brother, yep. uh, I have a similar getup. Yep. Uh, I got the kind of like that kind of coverall kind of clothing. Yeah. I have that similar kind of armor underneath. Mm. Only difference is mine is more of a red color. Yeah. Uh, nice. A similar uh, uh, helmet with the kind of little bill. Yeah. Uh, also nice and red. Uh, I also have the. Um, uh, tech hair, yeah, and in a similar non-racist kind of way, yeah. it is uh, Italian-esque, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, very, very lush, very full. Yeah. Um, uh, but the the one difference for me yes. is um, one of the other fashion wear things I have instead of the the, the skin that you have. Yeah. Uh, I I went all out, and I went I got the the super chrome, so I'm Ooh. like a metal version. Oh, of me, basically. Nice. So a metallic yeah. red. I'm a very metallic red. Yeah. Very chrome skin. Nice. Yeah. Everything's kind of got a metallic tinge to it. Even my armor and clothing has a bit yeah. of a metallic tinge <gasps> to it. Could you say you have a raccoon's tail? So like when you stop, you kind of are fairly impenetrable? I, <laughs> I look like I would be impenetrable. <laughs> and there is, is that, such thing as... Um, body sculpting and uh, exotic uh, body sculpting. So yes, you could literally have yeah. an organic... Raccoon's tail. Nice. Oh. Tanuki tail. Yeah. Yeah. Is that because that's I think the, it's a tanuki. Yeah. Is it oh, tanuki? No. Is it a tanuki that goes that goes into stone? The tanuki lets it fly. I think. Oh, I'm wrong. Yes, you're right. You're right. But it's there a is leaf one of, of some sort. It is yeah. a leaf. Yeah. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. So so basically, Metal Mario and Luigi. Yeah. Say, <laughs> with our tongues firmly in our cheeks here. <laughs> that's perfect. And you know, you cheeky bastards uh, decided to pick a character class that's not a part of the easy mode. Uh, Roll book, oh, but no. that is just fine. <laughs> Perfect. So yes, you start out with a rollability of uh, uh, rollability level four. Okay. And so, uh, being a part of a nomad family, which will, uh, as part of our life path, will develop here. Um, exactly, family. Yeah. You'll be spending your life in the driver's seat and under the hood, improving your driving abilities and vehicle knowledge enough to get by on familiarity alone, or with training to pull off impressive feats with ease. A nomad adds their moto rank to any drive land vehicle, pilot air vehicle, pilot sea vehicle, air vehicle tech, land vehicle tech, or sea vehicle tech skill check that they make. Yeah. So you, you, have, a, you have a modifier. Oh, beauty. I wonder if, and I'm just spitballing here, can our main mode of transportation be multiple carts? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was going to say, is there live animals that we could, maybe some mutated lizard that we ride just across? throw at other people. So there's, yeah. Generally or not... punch in the back of the head and it eats things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it can ride. Yes, I like that. There's generally not mutation. All right. But, because most animals have, have died out, there's lots of genetically engineered. Uh, in fact, any animal you see, it's a good bet that it, yes, it is genetically engineered, if oh, not completely boy. synthetic. There, there yes. are very few actual like it's been, there are very few actual real animals. Yeah, um, they're either in labs or they're owned by the extremely rich. So uh, you could have synthetic uh, animals, but we won't. Uh, <laughs> Let's have a cart. But that was part of the question. Is um, lots of nomads are based around what type of vehicles they drive. Yep. There are land nomads, air nomads, and <laughs> pirates. I mean, sea nomads. <laughs> so if you guys want to be land nomads, because. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, you have uh, access to your family motor pool. You can yeah. have um, only one vehicle rent out at a time uh, each uh, from your family uh, motor pool. If you destroy it, it's 500 eddies to fix. Okay. Um, and you have to pay for that service. Uh, so of the family motor pool... Um, Ranks one to four, which we're at four. Uh, you have the choice of either a compact ground car, which uh, I think you will. Um, yeah, a cart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gyro, uh, gyro. Uh, I'll just yeah read out the rest. Gyrocopter, um, jet ski, or road bike. So you have the option of either a compact ground car or a road bike. All right. Which is I, lo- also I like very the cart. Yeah. <laughs> now. The big question. Yeah. Do we go double dash style where one of us is driving and the other one is on the back? Yeah, I think we should. I think I, mean, I think we gotta do that. One of you I took inf- interface plugs, right? And one of yeah. you took Wolvers. Yeah. So yeah, the um, specifically what interface plugs do for uh, nomads is you can well, interface plugs in general lets you hook up to machinery. So in the case of a nomad with their vehicle, uh, if you have the right uh, I think uh, um, options actually set up in your vehicle, you interface and you pl- in, uh, insert your interface plugs into your vehicle when you get in. And you can drive the car remotely, uh, you know, with your mind. So okay. hands you can free. Still shoot. Yeah. You, so if you, I'll be the driver. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Even though the you're the short distance person, I didn't really think that through. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just get me really close to them. I'll just punch them to the side. Oh, nice, nice. I think our our cart also has a uh, projectile launcher of some sort, uh, but. Uh, Kind of like round debris that we can just load into it. Yeah. Kind of jump yeah. shot style. You could say round or shelled. Yeah, shelled like. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it has like a little scoop. So if you're, you're driving by something, yeah. it can scoop it up and then nice. we can use that as ammunition. Would that be, would that be effective? Maybe <laughs> 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 you just run through a crate and whatever's in that crate, we can just launch. <laughs> you to lean hard into the Mario. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> Let's make Mario dark again. <laughs> Do you guys want to start building your um, life path? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, let's get into it. Cool. Because I've got the... And we'll... we'll, uh, Once we get the life path built, we'll maybe... uh, I'll find the rules to build a vehicle, and we can build our vehicles out of it. Oh, sweet. um, I think you guys can kind of do this together here, uh, Mm -hmm. because the first question is, how big is your pack, since you guys are in the same same clan? Um, What's the roster for Mario Kart? So you can either roll 1d6, or you can choose, uh, and I can read them out to you if you want, or if you want to roll, we can roll. I think we should let yep. uh, the, the dice gods decide. Yes. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll roll this one. Roll it. Okay, here it is. A f- two. <laughs> Just the two of us? <laughs> Just the two, no, a couple dozen members. Oh, okay. Okay, so, that sounds about right. Yeah, a couple dozen, that sounds about right for the Mario right. Kart. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you'd have rolled a one, it would have been a single extended tribe or family, so it literally would have just been the two of you. <laughs> if your parents are alive, uh, yeah, then them. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we put that? Is there like a, a tribe um, section? or? I guess I can oh, yeah, like, like path. Life path. What does it say? Uh, cultural origins. Clothing um, style. This is is your life path. Uh, life, if your pack based on land, air, or sea, we've chosen land. land. Yeah. yeah. Um, so a couple dozen, maybe cultural origins. Couple dozen land nomads. So yeah. Um, I'm not yeah. sure where that goes. That's okay. On the character Good. sheet. We'll just make note of it. Yeah. I just put under our cultural origins a couple dozen land nomads. Okay. Nice. So. Uh, can someone roll a d10? Want me to go for this one? Yep. Okay, here we go. D10. This, this determines what you guys do as a what is that? clan. Is that a three? Another three. Okay. Uh, I 
don't know how to pronounce that. Nice. <laughs> Shoutokua Ooh. slash school. Ooh. What does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> Google. Right, yeah. No, sorry, what is this for? This is for what you do. Uh, the other options are uh, Go Gang, Passenger Transport, uh, Shoutokua slash school, uh, Traveling Show slash Carnival, uh, Migrant Farmers, Cargo Transport, Shipment protection, smuggling, mercenary army, construction work game. So I'm going to mm. look up what that word means. Mm. I also like the transport. Yeah. Oh, you wrote And like this. the. Uh, <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, no, no. If if you wanna. Um, Is that maybe role specific life path. Shotokua. Uh, a meeting usually held in the summer outdoors or under a temporary tent, providing public lectures combined with entertainment such as concerts and plays. It originated in the valley, valley of the village of Shotokuo, uh, New York, I think that is, in 1874. It was popular in the late 19th and 20th centuries. So maybe we could do... Go ahead. Go, go, go for it. Go okay. Ahead. What we do is we're, we're somewhat entertainers. Okay. okay. We put on a show, a traveling show. What the show looks like is these platforms, the um, scaffolding. It has to be a bit different because traveling show is, unless you want to do traveling show carnival, we can oh. switch to that. Yeah. It's technically different because it's in two different categories. It's more education? Yeah. yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Because uh, it was doing the original Donkey Kong. Oh. That's what we were going to do. Okay, uh, no, if you want to switch that, we can, we can do that. <laughs> I don't mind. Yeah, like, no, let's, let's switch to the carnival okay. one. Yeah, carnival. Yeah. Okay. Traveling show slash carnival. Yeah. yeah. We can put on derbies, like races, oh, yeah. around small tracks. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some sports, some spectator sports. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The whole a whole host of things. Cool. Yeah. I think so. Sometimes we fight. Yeah. Like we smash yeah. each other. <laughs> Just have uh, big old melee. Vehicles. No, wait. The vehicle. <laughs> what? <Yeah>. Um. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like it. Yes. Okay. okay. I like that traveling circus. Yeah. When you're done that, I want you each to roll a d6 to what do you do for your pack? Nice. Come on. A four. Four. Nice. (laughs) Really? Yeah. We both got fours. (laughs) Well, twins, I guess you're doing the same thing. Uh, You're the loadmasters, large cargo mover slash trucker. Yes, that works perfect. So you guys are are hauling the big uh, combis with all the um, carnival equipment on the back. The, the, the you know the one tiger that you happen to steal from Biotechnica is <laughs> very emaciated in the back of your. <laughs> We're good at driving. Yeah, mm-hmm. and loading. And loading. Yeah, we can load and drive like no one's business. That's it. I leap up and you just throw things. Yes. <laughs> uh, someone roll a d6. Go for it. What's your right. pack's overall philosophy? Right. Gotta go fast. Three. Will occasionally slip and do unethical things, but it's rare. Woo! Path. Sounds like Mario. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> One more D6. It's usually pretty okay. <laughs> you know, uh, murdering, genociding mushrooms, but... Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and turtles. Five. Five. Sometimes slip. Rival packs in the same... Okay, we got... Yes! Oh, world, nice. world of carnivals and... and uh, oh, yeah. And trades. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, you got... Um, all right... Yeah. So lots of competition apparently in there. Are. The ones we hate the most are these uh, kind of mutants. Uh, they uh, tend to steal women and put them in their own castles. 
<laughs> the real Bowsers, if you get my meaning. Lots of, lots of spikes. And yeah, <laughs> I like their spikes. They, yeah. They like the kind of yellow and green colors. Okay. Bright red hairs. Writing notes. Family background. Travel circus. Yeah, there it is. Put you as my most valued person. Same. Sudzi? Sudzio? Yeah, Sudzini. Sudzini. And Ed. What's your clan name? Like, there's like the Aldecaldos. The Zacklies. Zacklies. So you just yeah. your family name? Yeah. yeah. We're all Zacklies. Yeah. And how do you spell that? <laughs> with a big old Z. Exactly. It, yeah. But with the Z. Yeah, so Z A C T L Y. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> what do you value most? The carts? Yeah. Yeah, I think carts. Yeah. Or carts, gold. Obviously. One of the two. <laughs> also, so, gold coins we try to collect. What are you, what are you guys filling out that uh, you're you're figuring these out? Yeah. So, uh, right now we're looking at um, under the life path, there is a uh, item. There's a couple items. Um, one that we're looking at right now is what do you value the most? And I think we're putting down, I think both of us are, are thinking kind of the same thing with the, our, our carts. Okay, yeah. Hairstyle is under there as well. Uh, obviously, yeah. Well, luscious mustache. Brown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're, you're bronzed by the uh, Californian sun that comes out more often than you think, even in the uh, uh, time of the red. <laughs> uh, what else we got here? Personality. Mm-hmm. Selfish Mario. Oh, yeah. Well, mine is... Um, uh, I'm I'm um, xenophobic to anyone that is not part of my family. Nice. Yeah. Selfish, family oriented. Yeah. So yeah. we kind of skipped over individual uh, parts of you know, yeah figuring out your cultural origins, your personality, <coughs> dress and personal style. So if you're filling out those now, um, there are tables you can choose from as well if you want. Or sure. Oh. Yeah, let's go cultural origins. Yeah, what do okay. you got there? Yeah. Um, Cultural origins, uh, North American, South Central, slash Central American, Western European. Probably. Do I go any further? (laughs) (laughs) Western European. (laughs) Love it. Uh, What what is the um, tables for personality? Um, So, uh, uh, shy and secretive, Mm -hmm. rebellious, uh, it's a D10, uh, rebellious, antisocial, and violent. Uh, arrogant, proud, and aloof. Oh, that one. Moody, rash, and headstrong. Yeah. Uh, picky, fussy, and nervous. Oh, that's S- perfect, Luigi. Stable and serious. Silly and fluff-headed. Sneaky and deceptive. Intellectual and detached. Friendly and outgoing. What was like, that third one there that I liked? Uh, arrogant, proud, and aloof. <coughs> nice. Yeah. I'm going to be picky. Fussy and nervous. Yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I think you guys, your style's already uh, nomad leathers, so western, yep. rugged, tribal. Yeah. Hairstyle is short and curly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah, I'll let you guys write. Okay. So, yeah, th- there are rules uh, for those who are, you know obviously can't see what we're doing. Um, so we first covered, I guess, general nomad uh, clan, because these nomads are in a clan, the rules to, to build that, flesh that out, but now we're doing individual... Um, individual hooks and and uh, and definitions of, of these characters. So, 
since you guys are both nomads uh, and you already pre-gened with uh, nomad leathers, we'll just say your style is nomad leathers. Love it. There are other uh, options, but uh, you guys can look at the table on your own time. Uh, your motivations and relationships. Um, <laughs> if you want to roll, or I can... Uh... Oh, let's roll, actually. Sure, let's give it. D10. Okay. Uh, one each? I yep. Guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think that's a nine. I got a six. Yeah. Works out. Family is your, uh, you what you value most. Nice. Um, how do you feel about most people? Wipe them all out and let the cockroaches, the cockroaches <laughs> take over. Sorry, that was Spanish. And uh, Tristan, you rolled a three, six, six. Yeah. Uh, vengeance is what you value oh, most. Oh yes. Every person is a valuable individual, however. <laughs> um. Oh. Sorry. You can, if you want to roll for the second column, we can. I'm just reading across, but if you want to roll for the second... I like like how it's going. I love it. Okay. (laughs) It seemed a bit contradictory, but if you want to play it... (laughs) I think it's good. uh, Yeah. Well, Avengers doesn't mean I'm going to kill everyone. You know, John Wick is discriminant. Only people that are in his way. And kill his dog. Yeah. But he values... Anybody that draws a gun on him, he kills. Exactly. Okay. But he doesn't seek out to kill everyone. Mostly. Yeah. They try to kill him. Just everybody that's yeah. in the criminal world. <laughs> that don't at the high them. table? Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler! Um, uh, okay. You could roll for your original family background. Do you want to... Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. What do we roll? Sure. Uh, D10. Eight. One. <laughs> Eight. Uh, megastructure, war, and rats. So you started... Uh, so you grew up in one of the huge megastructures, huge new megastructures, yeah. that went up after the war. A tiny conapt, kibble and scot for food, a mostly warm bed, some better educated adult warren dwellers, or a local corporation may have set you up a school. Ooh. And uh, Tristan, what did you roll? Oh, that was me. Four. Sorry. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was <laughs> I me. wasn't writing any of that down. Oh. Uh, I rolled an eight. An eight. Uh, oh, so you rolled the eight. I rolled the eight. Okay, so, so yeah. he rolled a one. Okay, okay. He rolled a one. What's oh. one? <laughs> Corporate execs. Oh. Oh. oh, like a brand figure almost. Wealthy, powerful, with servants, okay. luxury homes, and the best of everything. Yeah. Private security made sure you were always safe. You definitely went to a big name private school. Wow. Nice. So that's why Luigi's kind of always playing second fiddle. That's so. it. Well, because you, you basically, because of your personality, saved a dying company. You could say. There we go. Right? When it was running out of titles. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to you guys in your childhood? Um, you could roll for a table here, but sure. I think oh. we uh, might want to go into specifics here. Yeah. How did twins end up in such <clears throat> drastically different points of life, start out there, and then eventually come together as nomads? Yeah. Maybe, I think, <clears throat> so we both kind of grew up in that that giant monolithic or megalithic structure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so think of, um, think of, uh, I don't know, did you see Judge Dredd? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, think, th- think that. The big, the big, okay. uh, the mega center. Mega center, yeah, yeah exactly. Mega city one. Like, there's, like, it's yeah. big enough that you have gangs owning different floors or different yeah. sections of, you know, whole sections of the building. Right. So, yeah, yeah they're huge. So anyway, yeah. yeah. So that's what a Yeah, a okay, yeah, so, so we both grew up there. Then we both started off kind of low ends, yeah. like, looking for scraps. Um, what do you think would have happened that would have made them I'll tell you what, me up? We got, we got captured for like a truancy-esque type thing and you were adopted into a high society family, whereas I didn't get adopted. 
Because the, the family were just like, eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Because we looked alike. Right, yeah. <laughs> and they picked you and brought you into this high society. But then uh, I wasn't adopted and raised by the orphanage. And that's where I had to kind of like scrape my way through. But then something happened. What happened that made you fall from grace? So was this in uh, Night first, City? Yes, this would be Night City. Why did that, that exact family even care? Yeah. Um... Because there's tons of there's tons of kids out yeah, there. There's, that, there's that tons can, of yeah. kids. Maybe, maybe I specifically. Maybe maybe it was because they wanted to use you for some kind of monetary gain. Like, yes, so, you were like the Gerber baby kind of thing. Yeah, so they wanted <laughs> they wanted um, maybe like the oldest son of the family as like a hostage to encourage the nomad gang, the the Zachley tribe, <laughs> to provide for them and get them okay. things, and then. And using me as kind of that hostage-ish kind of thing, trying to maybe use me to turn me against the family. Oh, yes. Oh. And did you have a little um, Stockholm Syndrome? Did a little bit. I think that's kind of where I got that that family being the most important thing to me. Yep. And just not giving a shit about anyone outside of it. So wiping them all out, I don't care. That's fine. Yeah. If they get in the way, take them out. Well, there we go. Yeah, we were both... Maybe we're old enough... That we were uh, learning the trade. We were, like, maybe doing a grift. Yeah. And then uh, this family who wanted to rid themselves of the Zackleys, uh, or at least blackmail them to get things, like you said, to do things for them, they captured you. I managed to get away. And they kept you away from the family. I was raised with the family. Yes. And so my vengeance is against your adoptive parents. Yes. But your cats. Can't. They're the ones that provided the funding for your cyberware. Exactly. Oh! What a twist. And I didn't know. No. Oh! And, and so, now you're indebted to them. Oh, yeah. So that, this 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 uh, exec family is coming from a big corp that want to own literally because there's only they're not they're not a big clan. You don't have a huge clan. No, they no. want to own the Zackley clan, and so they're using you guys as um, yeah. So they deck this part of the out. leverage. Yeah. They have me trying to change into like yeah. Being part of them, kind of thing. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. Cool. Got it. Yeah. Uh, you guys. Uh, they they need someone to do their dirty work, right? <coughs> Zacks can't get their hands dirty. And we are the only members of the Zackley family that have any kind of cyberware. Maybe they are more natural. Oh, what's and that? And maybe called? that's what's them desirable is that they've got a more clean living, mm-hmm. and their organs actually maybe are extremely uh, desirable because they are so healthy. Could be. Um, it's easy to clone uh, organs, and uh, but uh, never. Mind. I mean, what's, what's, what's that called? Um, there's a there's like a specific group in cyberpunk who are like anti. Uh, uh, they were they were generally Buddhist yeah. monks that were um, that were luddites and then yeah, that, yeah um, okay luddites in the sense that um, I guess that they it was it was an, it's anathema to alter your body uh, okay and there are there actually there are um, in, in some of the um, blurbs of, of written lore uh, they were saying that even there's a, there's Christian groups that you know. Altering your bodies against God, and even yeah, so like uh, you could you could pick any group if you wanted to, and just uh, okay. So what's the benefit of the Zackley family then? that they would want them? I think maybe they're control. just so naturally skilled at driving that they're like they can compete with these cybernetically enhanced people without having any cybernetic enhancements. Oh yeah, they're, they're, if they could bring people with, in. without any cyberware that will be able to go toe to toe. If you got a high enough they body are. stat, you can go toe to toe against somebody with a um, you know. 
with who's you know maybe got a low body stat, but yeah, yeah they've got an exoskeleton. And your body stat's high enough there. Their body stats yeah. increased because of the exoskeleton, but you still, you know, you're both out of ten. You guys could still go toe to toe. Yeah, um, that's it. So maybe, so, yeah, this this family is this family. This of family. drivers, the drivers are so naturally good. Yeah, and our our patriarch Dom. Dom, yes, <laughs> Dom the patriarch. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. What's what's Dominic in, in Italian? <laughs> Dominico. Dominico. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Domino. Domino. Dominoes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yikes. Our sponsor for this episode, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like that. So, so this, this corporation or this yeah. family is trying to take over the the um, Zachley tribe because they see the potential and these naturally incredibly good drivers. Well, they they, and they just want they want the, the not just the slave labor, but nomads get stuff for people. Yeah, yeah. They, they want to control the pipeline. Ex- exactly. And so, maybe yeah. maybe because they're. They don't have any cybernetic enhancements. They can get kind of into more places that maybe have higher like EMP yeah, or um, if, um, fields around them and stuff like that without being harmed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Yes. Nice. Okay. Cool. I'm, I'm digging this. Okay. So Ganic, I think, would be uh, just a, a a term uh, uh, for just normal meat. Okay. Yeah. Ganic. Ganic. Yeah. Got my own Ganic, Ganic yeah. arm here, where I've got a, a, a cyber arm on my, on my other side kind of thing. Yeah. Beauty. Much cyberware. Yeah. Maybe someone has the odd uh, interface plugs or something like that, but yeah. Okay, they'll, they'll, but it's very minimal. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I have no problem taking money from the corporation. If anything, I think it's owed to me. Yeah. Because I'm part of this family now. Well, oh yes. Maybe it was like a trust fund almost. Yeah. Given to you. So I'm very indebted to the family. Oh yes. Although Both I don't are. see it as indebted. Yeah. And I'm slowly pulling yeah. uh, old Sudsy in with me, even though he hates them for what they did. Yeah. 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 There we go. There's a conflict between us too. Ooh. I'm trying to pull you into like the family. Yeah. You're trying to like pull me out of it. Love it. <laughs> if you can pull him out of it, because you've got. You yeah, but then you you're got also com- you've got company cyberware. Yeah. Uh, well, you, you tricked me. Yeah. So how do you how does how does Sudsley feel about having it's this cyberware? Sudsley. 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 Part of the fucking Adams family. <laughs> Sorry. That's good. So what is what is Sudsley? How does he feel about having all this mechanical cyber tech stuff? I mean, this would be a step up from you technically because you came from a poor background. Yeah. But I, I think I'm a, I'm a bit ashamed of it. I think okay. I, I I try to hide it, even though I've got a cybernetic eye. Sure, yeah. If you're if you're coming from a family that yeah. you know, organic, you know, they they, they want to be organic. They don't want to have you know cyberware polluting their body, yeah. or even um, you're resentful about it because like this corp just came, and picked, you know, your brother came to you, he picked you up out of the dirt, and then said, "Here, I can lead you to a better life." Zap, and right now you're beholden to a corp, right? Like, yeah, I got yeah. you into something you didn't know what you were signing up for. Yeah. And- this is not a yeah, like this is not a nice uh, you know peer-to-peer agreement, right? You are you are enslaved, you are owned by the corp. The corp yeah. owns you at, at I, least. I was tricked. In some way, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was absolutely tricked. So I try to keep it on the DL that I have, these enhancements. Okay. Yeah. And then I kind of flaunt them on the other hand. Yes. <coughs> yeah. Cool. Um, do we have a name for this corp, or do you want me just to, to make one up? Ooh. Mm. Uh, let's see, let's see. Because what yeah. kind of corp would want to... 
employ one, drivers. Yeah, employ drivers that are a carnival sideshow. Maybe moonlighting. It, 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 its plan is to say you guys moonlight as a traveling yeah. show, but you're really doing other work as Nintendoc. Well, I was gonna say Sija. Sija. There you go. Sija. <laughs> Sija. Spelled C dash J A. Baby. Yeah. Nice. Or yeah. C E J capital J A. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a good thing we're not monetized right now. We're being sued so hard. Yeah. Our umbrella yeah. Plastesio. Anyway. Alright. So right. I'm pretty sure the corp is gonna you know, you guys expect to be a traveling carnival, and they're saying, okay, yep, you're going here doing this, and they're like, well, we got to have a show. It's like, yeah, that's going to be your cover. Nice. So, I like it, yeah. Ah, yeah. Smuggling. Illegal smugglings. Really? <laughs> okay. Well, and would that be kind of seamless to feed into the family crisis? Um, I was thinking if, uh, it, like, it seems like you guys are generating... Um, your own crisis and your own hooks and, and yeah. uh, if you want to uh, generate friends other friends right now because um, that might, might help me with NPCs uh, sure uh, if you want to add a life goal or um, yeah let me know because there, so there's a family crisis um, your friends your enemies your tragic love affair and your life goals so um, if you want to I can uh, read you know if you want to roll I can read it on the table or if you want to skip those, because you guys are you've got you've got this family crisis yeah. already brewing, so uh, maybe you you don't even want to roll for that. Maybe you just want to add what we've got going on here. Yeah, I think for my life goals, I think it's kind of obvious one for me to be bring the Zackley tribe into that corporation right. fold. Mine's to go legit. Yes. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, so it's it, totally at odds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <clears throat> friends. Uh, let's see. When would be? Um, uh, uh, um, have you played Cyberpunk 2077? I have not. That's like one of the major pulling of the the, the nomad clan you run into. Yeah. Is uh, the boss, the head of the family, wants to potentially sign up permanently with a corp because oh. it's good, it's stable work. Yeah. Versus uh, um, <coughs> nomad clans want to be free. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. Call it. Is there like um? Are there matriarchs in these corporations, kind of? So, uh, the, well, the corporations are going to have kind of your former, you like know, what, what do you expect the, the corporate structure to be? Um, a nomad clan is going to have uh, like a head of the family and then uh, advisors. Okay. And yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, corps are going to have what you expect a corporate structure. You know. Uh, Managers and then uh, people under that executives. Uh. Maybe one of my friends. Then, since I grew up there, could be like the daughter of like one of the higher up executives. Call her Peaches. <laughs> what about you? What do you got? For I got a friend uh, who's who's in amongst the nomads. There could be a cousin actually. Um, his name is Stride Air. Stride Air. Yeah. <laughs> is that uh, who is 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 in the in the game? Is like the ninja that clings onto the wall and like is that Strider? Which game is that? It's a Nintendo game. It's it's when um, it's a character that latches onto like um, a wall. It's in a cyberpunk setting, 
And he has a wolf and an eagle that helps him out. I have never played. Justin, this is your your you're dating yourself. <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> I just I just realized I've got like almost what like fifteen years on both of you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right then. Never mind. So, John, sorry. Who is your friend? Peaches. Yeah. All right. And what is that? Who's Peaches? She's the daughter of an executive, uh, high up executive. But instead of an A, it's an actual peach emoji. Yeah. So I think she will probably um, be becoming an executive herself. Yeah, so, that's okay. her. That's her life goal for sure is to become an executive. Her family's plan for her. Does it ring any bells? Uh, it looks very eighties. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. All right. Stry spelled S T R Y D A I R. Strider. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Strider. I look up old Nintendo games. <laughs> no kidding. Um, Strider. Yeah. Uh, and who was this one of yours? Uh, Peaches was my, one of mine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think I've got a, a crush on, an unrequited crush on Peaches. Nice. That's my, that's my <laughs> tragic, tragic love affair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow, you guys are really entangling yourself. Obviously, <laughs> 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 resentment, just for, you know, freedom of, of which way the clan should go. Uh, you, yeah. You've got unrequited love, so you, you're trying to get his girl. <laughs> <laughs> should Maybe. that be my tragic love affair yeah. then? Could be. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll share that one. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Don't say that on air. <laughs> <laughs> my enemies are your adoptive parents. I mean, you guys are also have um, other nomad clans gunning for you, right? Because you already yes. know that. Yes. Yep. Clans, so. Well, the Bowsers, too. I mean, course. yeah, so you guys can, you know, if you want a personal enemy, go for it. Um, but I'm also going to be hooking that in. Uh, you had other clans uh, wanting to muscle in on your turf. Or maybe they think... Who's, who's the, the head of our, our, our clan? I feel like that would be my enemy, because he's just super resistant to joining the corporation. I think... Did we say Dominic? Yeah, Dominic. Was it Dominic? I, I think... Yeah. So, like you guys would have to be important. Yeah. Um, so I think your dad, and I think you've got a, a kind of a, um, your clan yeah. probably doesn't vote. No. Like the father, you know, the head of the clan <coughs> picks their successor. Yeah. And I think he's said, uh, my, my sons are going to do it. Yeah. In tandem. Yeah. And dad's either weak or out of the picture entirely. You guys can pick that if you want. Um, sure. But you guys need to be important enough that there's actually leverage on the clan, and you guys actually have pull to which way the clan ultimately goes. Yeah, I like I that. We're we'll sons of yeah, yeah. sons yeah. of the, so the current. You guys leader. can choose if Dad's still in the picture. I think so because I think he'd be wow. my enemy. Well, he he kind of lives life a kind of a quarter mile at a time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Not enough CCs in his tank. That's it. <laughs> I'm thinking, what does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Good old Dominic. Okay. So it says uh, Dominic. That's gonna be one of my enemies because he's uh, why? Uh, it's because he's resisting the corporation. Yeah. Uh, he's resisting technology. He's resisting change. Yeah. Um, what can they throw at you? I think they have. He can dangle the the threat of saying, you know what? Like, if you don't step into line enough, it's just gonna be your brother who becomes kind of the head of the family. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to go way off the map here, too, by the way. Yeah, sure. I have another enemy named Tentic. Tentic? Tentic. It's, it's not a Nintendo property. Which <laughs> 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 is like, something else. Uh, but that's who took my eye. Ooh, nice. Yeah. <coughs> Do 
you want the Ganic Eye back? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe maybe he has it, like kind of encased in resin, and he sure. wears it. Yeah, it could be kind of a rival racing game. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, from a rival clan, sure. Yeah. So under here, under enemies, it says who, what caused it, what can they throw at you, and what's going to happen. So what kind of options do they have in there for what's going to happen? Yeah, uh, sure. One sec here. Okay. Uh, what part was this for? Uh, this is for enemies under life path. Okay. Um, what caused it? So your, your choices are um, cause the other to lose face or status, cause the loss of lover, friend, or relative, Whoa. cause a major public humiliation, accuse the other of cowardice or some other major personal flaw, uh, deserted or betrayed the other, turn down the other's offer for a job or romantic involvement, you just don't like each other, one of you was a romantic rival, one of you was a business rival, one of you was set up the other for a crime they didn't commit. I think it's going to be kind of more that turn down the business offer kind of thing, where I'm saying, like, you know what, just join the corporation. Yeah, corpse, yeah. corpse good business, yeah, right? Good, good steady business. work. Yeah. Um, yeah, because that's generally the, um, the fight, right? Corpse will own you and enslave you, basically. Yeah. Uh, like you get paid, it's good steady work and protection, but you, you, corp, corp owns you. Yeah. 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 So what 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 are the options for what's gonna happen? Um, avoid the scum, avoid the scum. <laughs> Go into a murderous rage and try to physically rip their face off. Go into a murderous rage and try to physically rip their face off. Oh, so yeah, I guess there's um, a smaller. Uh, it's still uh, uh, stretches out to it, so you can use a D10, but there there's um, duplicates on this one. So back. So yeah, here's the options. Uh, avoid the scum. Go into a murderous rage and try to physically rip their face off, backstab them indirectly, verbally attack them, set them up for a crime or other transgression they didn't commit, set out to murder or maim them. So kind of your goal and what you're going to do about your enemy is, is uh, a hook for I feel you. like backstabbing is kind of the corporate way of doing things. Can be, yeah. yeah. Um, there's literal murder, murder to, um, you know, give yourself a promotion, to gain a promotion. So, yeah. Yeah, I like to backstab them. Yeah. All right. Indirectly. Yep. I'll do that by converting <laughs> Sudzi into a corporate one. So no matter what happens, the family gets pulled from the corporation. Okay. And you That's already have a, you already have a leg up on there because he's already yeah, he's adventure. already partly in. Yeah. 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 I absolutely love that you ignore the fact that I'm not Sudzi. I love it. I want you to use that. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm use just gonna that. call you Sudsley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. How happy. That's <laughs> yeah, very demeaning. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's your patronizing. It is. It's your mocking name for me. Yeah, come oh. on, Sudsley. Sudsley. It's Sudzini. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, actually, yeah. uh, this is kind of cool that these guys are developing this rivalry right out of the gate because um, Cyberpunk, actually, you are a team, but you're individuals in a team. You're meant yeah. to... Um, the whole point of the, uh, the whole setting of this game is that there needs to be a hook that brings you all together, but there's no reason to stay together yeah. uh, or to at least cooperate beyond um, mutual assurance. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you your characters want to get to, if you want to play it, that your characters get to a point where you know if they can get a leg up on the other, uh, just to get you know the the, the score, that could be a part of it, right? So, yeah. individuals within a team. <clears throat> So you guys yeah. have got that building already, very uh, very cyberpunk of you. So is, is Sudzini working to try and get um, 
uh, Ed kicked out of the corporation somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely what's happening here. And I imagine you'd also yeah. want to sway your clan as well. Yeah, to that's get my, li- that's my life goal is to kick you off. Because right now I think that you might, even though you hate the patriarch, you are the golden boy of the two of us. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Maybe you're, you're a, even though I can control cars with my mind, you are still a superior driver. Oh, there we go. Yes. Yeah. If your clan are Luddites, um, do you still have a Netrunner? You're pushing for it. I am. I'm, I'm pushing to get a Netrunner okay. brought yeah. into the family. Yeah. yeah. They're not brought into the family. The or corp the... is providing a Netrunner. Yes. Oh, yeah. Is that Peaches? <gasps> That's Peaches. Peaches is the Netrunner. That's how we both know her. <laughs> um, Hanako Arasaka is known for her net as a net run. She she's very um, and she's obviously a big part of the because she's the daughter of the emperor, yeah. Saburo Arasaka. So and then she's actually known as as a net runner. So you guys are just I don't know. You guys even have to play the game. Like what the hell? <laughs> There's just so much to work with. I know. Oh my god, I want to play this game so bad now. Uh oh, what have I done? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, no more uh, other games. I know. Full campaign of cyberpunk. I've also put one of my aliases, Waluigi. (laughs) Oh, Wario for me. (laughs) There you go. Wario's my ally. Yep. Uh, yeah, so is, is, is that pretty much it for getting the character set up? That's a, that's a life path, yeah. Like, I mean, you uh, guys were going through, and um, I know we kind of went off the, off technically off the books, because, you know, I was saying life goals, and there's those uh, spots on your sheets, but you guys were building, and that's the whole point of this, right? Yeah. You were building your uh, characters organically, and, oh, and you know, interpersonally, crazy. and yeah. um, I have, like, half a page of notes now that I am going to you know, <laughs> incorporate yeah, into our story here. So uh, yeah, that's again like that's kind of like when we got back to what we were talking about earlier. It's like that's a really good part of that session zero. Yeah, we can kind of work it out, get those connections, give the DM like just a buttload of ammunition to use you for have, all yeah. of his storytelling. And you have, you have. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm excited for the next episode. This now. is gonna be good. <laughs> all right, awesome. Hmm. I guess I have one more question. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Uh, you have a fixer that you'd ra- you'd prefer because you avoid the corpse so much. Well, corpse going to provide work, actually. Corpse is going to demand work. Yeah. But are you going to want to take up jobs somewhere else? Because you want you want freedom. You want to be able to pick your jobs. You don't want to be beholden to a corpse. So. That's right. So um, my fixer is my cousin. Okay. Stride Air. Stride Air. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Cool. So I think that's. Now we're, we're ready to play the game. Because he's technically your cousin. Well. Yeah, he is yeah, also my is. cousin. Yeah. Oh, more internal conflict. <laughs> so I got two people working against me here. Yeah. I got my own brother and my cousin, Strider. 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 S-T-R-Y-D-A-I-R. That's brilliant. Well, nice. awesome. Yeah, awesome, Steve. Thank you for no walking us through this. This is going to be lots of fun. My pleasure. Glad to facilitate because you guys are just, you know creativity machines that <laughs> are, are generating the story for you so awesome all right well i guess next time we meet we start the story we'll bring the bring yeah. the dice and bring the the pen and papers all right join us next episode with take your dm shot
This has been Take Your DM Shot with Steve Scherfan, John Christ, and Tristan Ham. Special thanks to John Lovell for the use of the intro and outro music and to Authentic Dungeons for all your RPG and gaming needs. Thanks again and tune in for more episodes. <laughs>